Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 22. In this episode, we are covering chapters 11, 12, and 13 from the book Ruin and Rising. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi sabayenyi, casters. This is us. And <laughs> we would like to have a special thanks to... Owasso, Oklahoma. Edmonton, Ontario, Canada. And Munheim am Rhein, Germany. Well, hello there. Hey. How are you doing? Oh, it's been an eventful two weeks, as you know. But Girl, I think we all good. are. I think <laughs> even now... Even now, all our listeners are understanding what we're going through, oh, yes. too, because they've got it. Um, yeah, it's just been insane. And real quickly, before I forget, I just want to have a special shout out to my friend Kathy, who I know is listening because she said she listens since she can't see me or hear from me just to check in and see how things are. And I just wanted to do Aww. a special Ka- um, Kathy shout out. So love you. <laughs> and I hope I see you soon. Anyways. Oh. So let's go on. Um there's a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. Like, we just got over the tornadoes, and now everything's shutting down. And now there's no food or... Toilet paper. Toilet paper or anything. So in 2020, we thought we would have flying cars and we'd be living like the Jetsons, but nope. Our toilet paper is being chained to a wall because people are stealing it. And we're quarantined to our houses, <laughs> and our kids have no school. They have three-week spring breaks now. Because yes. that's what I'm going through. He's had... This yes. will be his third week not going to school. Mm-hmm. Because don't forget, there was actually spring break right there in the middle of that. We had the tornadoes, so that shut down school for a week. Then we had spring break, which was this week. Now, next week, we have no school because of the corona. So going yes. on three weeks without school. And, and because the school down the street from my son's school was destroyed in the tornadoes when we come eventually come back, if we ever do, um, yeah, it's I don't cut in half. Will. Yeah, you cut in half. So part of the part of the school is going from eight to noon, and the other part is going from one to five. And the buses are running in the middle of the day. And I don't know. I don't keep up with it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You have no clue how you're going to pick up the pieces, but you'll figure it out. I'm just giving up. I'm like, you know what? Whatever's going to happen will happen. Hopefully, I will uh, convince everyone that I need to stay home for two weeks and uh, finally catch up with everything (laughs) because I feel so far behind. Because yeah. the tornadoes hit, and then I was gone for five days. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a lot trying to uh, to get back to normal. I don't even know what that is anymore. I feel you. I really do. Like, I f- completely understand you. There is no normal right now. <laughs> There's And not. I don't know when it's coming back. But Just hopefully soon. One day at a time, yes. really, is all we can do. In this madness. And try to find alternatives to toilet paper. Well, I helped the girl out. You did. You spared some squares. I felt so bad. I didn't know you didn't have any toilet paper. You were actually one of the people that actually is dealing with that. Yeah. Like actually not having it because of the crazy people that went out and like bought so much of it. Yes. Because I guess they're scared that the coronavirus is going to make them poop their pants. But from what (laughs) I hear, that's not even a symptom. No, it's not. I think I saw that it could be a rare symptom, but I think it's more because people think that they are just going to be stuck in their house. But like how long do they think they're going to be stuck inside? How much toilet paper do you need? And surely we're all still going to have showers. Well, I'm just going to let you know, this is why I'm so proud of my husband who got us bidets. (laughs) And all the toilets in our house have bidets on them. Thank you very much. So we'll be fine. Yes. I mean, if you need to come over to our house and start learning how to use that thingy, Uh it works well. I love my bidet. (laughs) That is on the list. (laughs) Hey, it eliminates toilet paper. But I even, I was just, I was thinking about alternatives. I've gotten, um, I bought napkins. (laughs) I'm asking for additional napkins when uh, I go get a coffee. Um, (laughs) Tissue paper from the Dollar Tree. I mean, you do what you got to do. All those, um, all those napkins that are in your glove compartment yes. of your car from fast food restaurants it is their time to shine it baby. sure is <laughs> all right now <napkins, laughs> go get those taco bell napkins <laughs> that you had from 2 a.m in the morning ah <laughs> uh, you're up who That's... thought that we would ever be sitting around talking about toilet paper because this uh, is a real life situation actually going reality. on reality that's insane it's so weird and stupid <laughs> It is. Thank God we've got some things to keep our minds off of that, which is like reading about the Grishaverse. Yes. So thank God. <laughs> and this week we had a lot of great stuff happening. 
I mean, not, I'm sorry. Exciting stuff happening. Yes. Not great. I wouldn't say great no. because some of our... Um, it was a lot of action. There sure was. So let's just go right into it. So we're going to start off, obviously, with the first chapter we read, which was chapter 11. And um, so the next day, Alina and Nikolai are about to head out to schmooze those allies while Mal and the others go to hunt the firebirds. So they're just getting prepared. Yeah, everything's normal. Yep. So Alina and Mal say goodbye and hug. Then Nikolai and Mal say goodbye. And Mal actually tells Nikolai he needs to, this is in quotations, deserve Alina. And then practically runs off. So, interesting. But no one has any time, um, really, to do any more saying goodbye or even to catch a breath. Because out of nowhere, all of a sudden... Uh, Nietzsche Voya swoops down and grabs Nikolai, and then another one also grabs Alina. Yes. So, and this is very, just like happens very randomly. You really, like, I find it. Very suddenly. It is very sudden. Mal luckily grabs Alina by the waist before it takes flight or, like, really gets off in the air. And then Alina uses her powers and helps, I guess, explode the Nietzsche Voya into nothing, kind of. Because I think of her power kind of exploding it. I don't know. Light. Kind of. I think it like kind of dissipates, like the shadow and the light. Kind of yeah, so we just kind of yeah. That nothing ex- turns to nothing. Yeah, that's a good one. Nothing turns <laughs> to nothing. So Alina falls to the ground with Mal, and she's all bloody from the Nietzsche Voya wounds. Alina wonders where the Darkling is, and um, here's a quote: "He came from above. His creatures moved around him like a living cloak." their wings beating the air in a rippling black wave, forming and reforming, bearing him aloft, his bodies, his bo- their bodies slipping apart and together, absorbing the bullets from Mal's gun. End quote. So there he is. That's where the Darkling is. Hey, girl, hey. Yep. Mal then asks how he found them, um, and then all of a sudden, foop, foop, foop. That is um, my sound for Nietzsche voice oh, um, flying the- in. That was a, it was a great was, impersonation. That was the wings. Foop, okay. Foop. All right. Yep. They all of a sudden see Sor- Sergey in between two Nietzsche Voya. And so there is their answer. That is how <laughs> the Darkling found them. The Darkling then asks Alina if he should spare Sergey, expressing that Sergey went and told him everything and is a traitor to her cause. The Darkling tells her that he went to that Sergei went to the first guards he could find to betray her, but Alina says she still does not want him hurt. And here is another quote. This is a quote from the Darkling himself. The He betrayed me first, Alina. He remained in Azalta when he should have come to my side. He sat on your council, plotted against me. He told me everything. Thank the saints we'd kept the location of the Firebird a secret. So, said the Darkling, the decision is mine, and I'm afraid that I choose justice. In one movement, the Nichevoya ripped Sergei's limbs from his body and severed his head from his neck. I had the briefest glimpse of the shock on his face, his mouth open in a silent scream. Then the pieces disappeared beneath the cloud bank. End quote. Pretty violent. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's pretty graphic. Like, you really, like, see that. Rated R for violence. Especially when, like, she could see his like expression yes. before it's like ripped away. Like that's a great visual. At least it was painless. The end. Yes. I yes. mean, because I mean, if it happened that quickly, I mean, there'd be no like. And again, we're seeing how the Darkling treats the people that are are for his cause. Oh yeah. So here's like I remember you sharing when you first started with this how you were excited to see the Darkling um, adapt into his like villain part and see how it was going to evolve yes. and see him do more. Like you were excited to see yes. that. And like, I think we're kind of there. You're starting to see some of that stuff, right? I like the, I like the juxtaposition of, of sometimes how he's um, a little softer with Alina and you can see his emotions coming through, but then also he's ripping someone's head off. Yeah. He's still, he still is that villain. And Even I love that. Yeah, because, I mean, we have the moments where we can humanize him, especially when he's with Alina, and then there's, and then right when you start to, like, humanize him a little bit, he does things like this, where it's like, yes, he is that villain still. A good reminder. Yep, brings it on home. 
So Alina is holding back from throwing up after seeing that, which I understand. <laughs> and then the Darkling releases Nikolai from above, and he lands on the platform. Alina rushes over to check on him, and he's definitely injured. But then, and this is where we are about to do our scene one. Okay, so I will be playing Nikolai while Terry will be playing Alina. So, curtain up. I caught movement from the corner of my eye and saw two blots of shadow slip free from the Darkling's hands. They slithered over the lip of the balcony, undulating like serpents, heading directly toward us. I raised my hands and slashed out with the cut, obliterating one side of the terrace, but I was too slow. The soldier or the shadow slithered lightning fast across the stone and darted towards Nikolai's mouth. His eyes widened, his breath hitched in surprise, drawing whatever the Darkling had released into his lungs. We stared at each other in shock. What? What was that? He choked. I... He coughed, shuddered. Then his fingers flew to his chest, tearing open the remains of his shirt. We both looked down and I saw shadows spreading beneath his skin in fragile black lines, splintering like veins in marble. No, I groaned. No. No. The cracks traveled across his stomach, down his arms. Alina, he said helplessly. The darkness fractured beneath his skin, climbing his throat. He threw his head back and screamed, the tendons flexing in his neck as his whole body contorted, his back bowing. He shoved up to his knees, chest heaving. I reached for him as he convulsed. He released another raw scream, and two black shards burst from his back. They unfurled, like wings. His head shot up. He looked at me, face beaded in sweat, gaze panicked and desperate. Alina... Then his eyes, his clever hazel eyes, went black. Nikolai, I whispered. His lips curled back, revealing teeth of black onyx. They had formed fangs. He snarled. I stumbled backward. His jaw snapped, closed a bare inch from me. End scene. Oh, I know. Like, I just, I thought that was really important for us to read, even though there wasn't a lot of, like, going back and forth. Just because that's, one, I love Lee's writing with it. I love it. But it just, it really, like, that's a heartfelt scene because that's one of our dearly beloved characters. He's my favorite. I know. And we're listening to the way that the shadows are taking effect to him, which I think is so interesting that you literally are just going through the path, like, just watching this virus almost, like, take over him. Yeah. And it's horrifying. It's, um... Oh, yeah. It's like the coronavirus. I was just thinking that when I said the virus, I was like, you're watching it take over. <laughs> Into uh, the lungs? Yeah. Hopefully our um, veins won't turn black, and though. And we won't get black wings. Yeah, I thought Although that, was, that would be kind of cool. That was done really well. I like the way that was written, like how the shards like burst from his back and unfurled. I love well, that. That's, that's one more thing we know that the Nietzsche Voye can do. Well, I mean, it's just like, did he turn, like, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, did he turn literally into a Nichevoya, or is he just like this some other cre- shadow creature almost? Like, I guess he is a Nichevoya, right? I had, or the Nichevoya are like in him, like the shadows are like in him. Because you can still see him. It's he, still like his body. Right. So he's a little different, but yes. kind of. So he's a Nichevoya, but in the body of a human with some of the like transitions yeah he's got the wings and yeah. the fangs and the black eyes and it's like drag nichevoya <laughs> it's like dragula there you go <laughs> oh my god i bet the girls on dragula would, oh dra- would love to <laughs> do something would, like uh, this they would love it. we should send them some of this information and <laughs> totally. be like do this i have I would, a new character for you i would kill to see that i would kill too. oh my god all right any of you drag family out there i want to see it yes this is a very dark character, but do it. <laughs> do it. It'd be amazing. So the Darkling then thinks that Nikolai is going to start eating everyone. And um, here's a qu- quote that I, I really like. Um, his face 
spasmed in pain. He was in there fighting himself, battling the appetite that had taken hold of him. His hands flexed. No, his claws. He howled, and the noise that came from him was desperate, shrieking, completely inhuman. His wings beat the air as he rose from the terrace, monstrous but still beautiful, still somehow Nikolai. He looked down at the dark veins coursing over his torso, at the razor-sharp talons that had pushed from his blackened fingertips. He held out his hands as if pleading with me for an answer. Nikolai, I cried. He turned in the air, wrenching himself away, and raced upward as if he could somehow outpace the need inside him, his w- black wings carrying him higher as he cut through the Nichevoya. He looked back once, and even from a distance, I felt his anguish and confusion. Then he was gone, a black speck in the gray sky, while I remained trembling below. End quote. I just thought it was beautifully done. Um, I'm reading these just because I think they're absolutely beautiful. I just love the way she wrote that. And it's just, Nikolai's still there. And but, he's, they're, but they're, like, concerned that he's going to eat them. Yeah. But he's not. There's Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Nikolai, I mean, Nikolai's still in there. We just don't know. I think the question is how much of him is still in there right yes. now. Like, wh- How much control does he still have? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um... Of course, after this, Alina gets pissed. I wouldn't expect any <laughs> other emotion out of her. And she tries to fight the Darkling. Fight me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But he won't. He won't. Um, she starts throwing her cut left and right, destroying Nietzsche But as quickly as she makes one disappear, a new one comes alive. The Darkling commands um, the Nietzsche sees Alina, sees them. Then all of a sudden, the Nietzsche stop and stand or like hover still as alina hears the word abomination spoken from behind her and it is the bitch of them all it is bagra woohoo love her and bagra is standing next to misha her young servant who she is help um who she has helped walk her to the edge of the balcony she then tells misha to go back and stand with the scrawny little saint and Bagra wants to speak to her son. So this is where we begin scene two. And I'd like to proudly explain to you all that we also have another person playing in our scene two this evening. It is going to be Christopher, my husband Woo! and producer. He's going to be playing the Darkling. And um, Terry will be playing Alina. And I will be playing Bagra. So... Here we go. Scene two. Curtain up. What is it you want? asked the Darkling. And do not hope to plead for mercy for these fools. Only to meet your monster, she said. Bagra leaned her stick against the wall and held out her arms. Then each Avoya moved forward, rustling and nudging against each other. One nuzzled its head against her palm as if it were sniffing her. Was it curiosity I sensed in them, or hunger? They know me, these children, like calls to like. Stop this, demanded the Darkling. Bagra's palms began to fill with darkness. The sight was jarring. I'd only ever seen her summon once before. She had hidden her power away as if as I had once stifled mine but she had done it for the sake of her son's secrets. I remembered what she'd said about a Grisha turning his power on himself. She shared the Darkling's blood, his power. Would she act against him now? I will not fight you, the Darkling said. Then strike me down. You know I won't. She smiled then and gave a little chuckle, as if she were pleased with a precocious student. It's true. That's why I still have hope. Her head snapped to me. Girl, she said sharply. Her blind eyes were blank, but in that moment, I could have sworn she saw me clearly. Do not fail me again. She isn't strong enough to fight me either, old woman. Take up your stick and I will return you to the little palace. A terrible suspicion crept into me. Bagra had given me the strength to fight, but she'd never told me to do it. The only thing she'd ever asked of me was to run. Bagra, I began... My hut, my fire, that sounds a pleasant thing, she said, but I find the dark is the same wherever I go. You earned those eyes, he said coldly, but I heard the hurt there too. 
I did, she said with a sigh, and more. Then, without warning, she slammed her hands together. Thunder boomed over the mountain, and darkness billowed from her palms like banners unfurling, twisting and curling around the Nichevoya. They shrieked and jittered, whirling in confusion. Know that I loved you, she said to the Darkling. Know that it was not enough. In a single movement, she shoved herself up on the wall, and before I could draw breath to scream, she tipped forward and vanished over the ledge, trailing the Nichevoya behind her in tangled skeins of darkness. They tumbled past us in a rush, a screeching black wave that rolled over the terrace and plummeted down, drawn by the power she exuded. No, the Darkling roared. He dove after her, the wings of his soldiers beating with his fury. End scene. Whew. Well, first off, thanks, husband. You did great. Good job. Um, that was crazy. That was and sad at the same time because I love Bagra. Bagra turned into a martyr. Yeah, she kicked ass. I mean, and I just thought it was really cool how, I mean, this scene just got so much information. I mean, that she, those children were hers too. I mean, she still had that power to summon them. Yes. Like to be able to control them because they followed her right off of that balcony. Yes. And I, I wondered through that if she would have stayed and and done a little more with all that, what would have happened. Yeah. Um, but I guess she was giving them time to do whatever they needed to do. Giving them time and, like, I mean, getting rid of, like, quite a few Nietzsche boy. I mean, it sounds like a big swarm followed her, and, I mean, they were going to their deaths. Yeah, so, I mean, she went and the Darkling went, so they all just kind of <laughs> yeah. followed everyone. We know the Darkling's not going to die um, oh, there. No. He's just He was just following probably one morning for his mom, I bet. He has to. He's still, like, I mean, oh, yeah. because, I mean, it shows there, like, he didn't want her to even be part of this. Right. Yeah, you can still hear it in him that he still loves his mom. Well, yeah, but he also wanted his children to, he didn't, who knows. It was just a lot of stuff going on there, but a beautiful scene. Um, at this moment, as the Darkling follows his mother and the Nietzsche Voya, this gives Alina, Mal, and Misha time to escape. They manage to make it down to the hangar with the two flying ships where they meet their friends, and everyone's just still fighting. Alina and Mal make it onto the Bittern, um, the name of one of the flying ships, and when it is discovered that there are too many people on it, some of the soldiers jump overboard to continue to fight, allowing Alina and her friends time to escape, which I thought was really nice of the yes. soldiers. So that's the end of Chapter 11. Um, moving on into Chapter 12, as they are escaping, Alina hopes that Bagra's fall has given them enough time to escape the mountains and the Darkling. So Jenny is trying to save Adric, who had a huge Nietzsche bite on his shoulder. Jenny has never been trained as a healer, but is trying her best. He lost his arm. Yes, he, not yet, but is about oh. to. Yeah, because, I mean, I think that's what's discussed right here is how they um they see the bite. And let's see, I think it's um Nadia and Zoya, well, yeah, Tolia um, comes to help with Adric and expresses how he's lost a lot of blood and the only thing that she can do to keep his heart steady is to give him time to heal and also expressing that, I mean, he's going to lose his arm. So, yeah, I can't. I don't think it's done in the books. Like, I mean, we don't hear him, like, they don't actually say, like, oh, well, Toya goes out, off and takes off his arm. Oh, I think it's I just... I guess that's where I was confused. Yeah, I think it, like, they don't actually do it. It's just expressed, and then all of a sudden he just doesn't have it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, one thing to remember, this actually, um, I think this is the bi- the group of friends that they that all left the White Cathedral together. Yeah. I think they're all back together Except now. Except for Stig. Yeah, there's a, there might not be. Yeah. He, they didn't find him. Yeah. So, Nadia and Zoya are mm-hmm. the two summoners that are on the ship right now that, they're the only sh- summoners on the ship. So, they're the only ones that can help um, keep this thing afloat. So, that's going to be hard on them. And the Grisha ask where they're going, and Alina tells them they're going to Murin, um, and she still has hope of finding the Firebird. And pretty much all the Grisha are injured and tired. <laughs> yeah, it's also daylight right now, so they, so they they are flying right now in the sky, but can be seen. So David suggests that Alina bend the light around the ship. So that they would then be invisible. And he after gives the, a really complicated explanation. explanation. <laughs> yes. 
absolutely. <laughs> They're like, English, please. Uh, so Alina tries this thing around a boot at first to see if it works, <laughs> and um, she's successful. So um, she's confident enough to actually do it around the bo- um, their, the bittern, and um, she does. It kind of blurs it. Yeah, like exactly. It doesn't make it completely invisible. Right. But it kind of blurs it so you can't see it like, the of, outline of anything or I think it'd be kinda of like if you looked up at like at the sun, you know. I mean it's just like something's like too bright to be able to see exactly what it is. Like it's it's just mm-hmm. like look up for a second, but it I that's what I think. Who knows? Um Jinya found a stash of Jurda and I can't remember whether we've had I have you heard of Jurda? Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember whether it yes, was. Yes, Mal. And um, Alina, when they ran away and were normal people, she worked in a, a Jurda, Jurda factory. factory. Yeah, yeah. So um, Jurda, the zemini stimulant that you chew and has the effects of, I don't know, Red Bull or cocaine. I think it's an upper. Yeah, it's an upper. Um, they um, so they all are passing that around because they all need to stay awake to fly safely. <laughs> so. Um, Misha is with them and is holding on to a practice sword with all his life. I can imagine he's just this poor little boy that's just seen all this. And mm-hmm. also he's seen Bogger die. So and that's his little like that was his support. I guess it was like his mother. Cause, yeah. Yeah. It had to be. Um, she was teaching him everything. And he's like eight. Yeah. He's got to be around that age. So now she's gone. So, yeah, he's holding on to his practice sword with all his life. Poor thing. Alina decides to bring him a piece of bread, and Misha just sitting there quietly brings up some thoughts in her head. Um, so Alina's thinking this. this is a quote, but Misha didn't just remind me of Sergei. He was every child whose parents went to war. He was every boy and girl at Crimson. He was Bagra begging for her father's attention. He was the darkling learning loneliness at his mother's knee. This was what Robka did. It made orphans. It made misery. No land, no life, just a uniform and a gun. Nikola had believed in something better. End quote. So on the second morning, they finally spotted the abandoned copper mine where Nikola had suggested they park this thing. And they all get off the bittern and drag their sleeping mats off and all go to bed. Good night. I bet. <laughs> I'd be, it sounds like they've been doing this for days. Yeah. So they're all exhausted. Zoya and Tamar, I bet, are, or whoever, Zoya and whoever, Nadia, Nadia the summoners, I bet, are just like, whoop, oh, good yeah. night. Can't even imagine. Because <laughs> that's got to take a lot of power. And when Alina wakes up, she sees Mal, who tells her that he thinks it's a good idea for them to stay another night. Um, they can leave for Divestolba in the morning, and everyone just still needs some rest, which I agree. Even though she wants to go now. Yeah, she's got to calm down, though. <laughs> got to have rest. Alina then gets up to go get some wood, and also she wants space to think by herself. And while in the woods, she feels like someone is watching her. She then turns to see Nikolai perched on a branch of a tree, which is just crazy, yes. I think. Um, she tries to talk to him, but he just flies off. Um, she Nikolai is- Voya. Yeah, she is beyond done at this point and wants to scream. So she does scream. And here's a quote, just so we know and understand how she's feeling right now. I wanted to scream, so I did. I tossed my kindling to the ground, pressed my fist to my mouth, and screamed until my throat was raw. I couldn't stop. I'd managed not to weep on the bittern or at the mine, but now I sank to the floor— to the forest floor, my screams turning to sobs, silent, racking gasps. They hurt as if they might crack my ribs open, but emerged soundless from my lips. I kept thinking of Nikolai's torn trousers and had the foolish thought that he'd be mortified to see of his, his clothes in such a state. He'd followed us all the way from the spinning wheel. Could he tell the darkling of our whereabouts? Would he? How much of him was left inside that tortured body? I felt it then, the vibration along that invisible tether. I pushed away from it. I would not go to the Darkling now. I wouldn't go to him ever again. But still, I knew wherever he was, he was grieving. End quote. So that's an important part because that also tells us right then there that the Darkling's also trying to get in touch with her. And she's just like, nope. Yeah. Not going to have any of that. 
And we know that Nikolai Voya has um, has fed on something because mm-hmm. he's bloody. Yeah. So he's had to have something so to eat. We don't know what he had. But, or who. Uh, or who. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> They're um, all still there, though. Because I don't actually know that the Nietzsche Voya eat anything. I know they bite people. But See, that's like, why I think he's I something different. I think... That's why I think when he's turned into this, like I think it's literally like something just they haven't seen before. Yes, but it's, he ha- he is bloodied. Yeah. So Nikolai Voya has eaten something. He's eaten. He's just he's a different creature than Nietzsche Voya because Nietzsche Voya are just like shadows. Yeah. So they don't have anything to eat. They don't have a digestive system. No. So he is he is what happens when you get the black shadow in your system. Mm. Yeah. Do you have a little shadow in you? I do. Do you want some? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spread around. Give me some of that. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's just a whole different species that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I mean, the Nietzsche Voya inside a human body, I mean. Yeah. Because now you've got the whole digestive system. Yeah. But he still also has his brain. So that's the thing, like a mm-hmm. human brain. So there's parts of him still inside there. Yeah. There has to be. Like, I mean, him. Like I feel like he's still there. Um. Anyways, Mal finds her in the woods and tells her that she needs to grieve with everyone, not alone. Um, and I think that's so important because it's so true. They're all grieving, not just Alina. I mean, I know Alina's upset, but I mean, this whole group is mourning. They're going through a lot of shit. Shit yeah. just got crazy. It They're, got real. It did. She just doesn't want people to see the sun summoner shook, I think. But she forgets that these are, and she forgets that these are her friends, too. Yes, I, don't, I think that's another part of it. She's not used to having them around. She's not used to having to like, or she's not used to being vulnerable around True. other people. Yeah. So Kamal, Mal does convince her and she goes back to the camp with the others and they all sit around a campfire and discuss some things. So one, they discuss whether or not Sergey had planned to deceive them all along or if it was a last minute decision. Mm-hmm. They also, two, if Nikolai can be healed. David says he doesn't know because it's Merzost, and he would have to study Moritzova's journals for a cure, but he does agree it seems possible. So that's good. Uh, three, everyone. they also discuss everyone's different experiences of being taught by Bagra, which I think is sweet. Um, and David mentions how Bagra just hated him, taught him once, and then refused to ever teach him again. Yes. Yeah. But he has no clue why. No clue why. No. But this is the very end of this chapter, and it's a quote. So here we go, and we'll find out why. I picked up a stick and gave the fire a poke, sending sparks shooting on upward. I knew why Bagra had refused to teach David. He'd reminded her too much of Moritzova, so obsessed with knowledge that he'd been blind to his child's suffering, to his wife's neglect. And sure enough, David had created Lumia, just for fun, essentially handing the Darkling the means to enter the fold. But David wasn't like Mortsova. He'd been there for Janio when she needed him. He was no warrior, but he'd still found a way to fight for her. I looked around at our strange, battered little group, at Adric with his missing arm, gazing moon-eyed at Zoya, at Harsha and Tolia, watching as Mal sketched our route in the dirt. I saw Janya grin, her scars pulling taut at as David gestured wildly, trying to explain his idea for a brass arm to Nadia, while Nadia ignored him, running her fingers through the dark waves of Tamar's hair. None of them were easy or soft or simple. They were like me, nursing hurts and hidden wounds, all broken in different ways. We didn't quite fit together. We had edges so jagged we cut each other sometimes. But as I curled up on my side, the warmth of the fire at my back, I felt a rush of gratitude so sweet it made my throat ache. Fear came from it. Keeping them close was a luxury I could pay for. Now I had more to lose. End quote. Beautifully written, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. And I think uh, Bagra was the hardest on the best um just from what it sounds like reading through that and yes yeah. like you know and Mark, david and reminded her Mark. of of her past yeah but um i think reading through everything you can see that um yeah that i think bagra was the hardest on people that were the best 
Yeah, which is, I mean, sometimes you do that in life. You want them to be able to achieve things on their own because it helps them see who they are. Yeah. Um, I think that, hey, it's kind of like RuPaul's Drag Race, you know? <laughs> I mean, they they see some of the best ones in the beginning that haven't found themselves and they push them so hard to be able to discover who they need to, who they can be. Or it, you don't want them to think that it's just easy. Yeah. Like I'm good. And so it's just easy for me. Oh my gosh. And that's what we're trying to do with our son right now. <laughs> trying to prove to him or show him that life isn't just like me being your servant and getting you everything. I mean, oh it, boy. It, yeah. it's a lot of stuff. Like mm-hmm. he, we've got so much to teach him. Oh my God, today, I got to tell you, he almost, we're lucky we have that house right now and it's not burned down to the ground. (laughs) I had a migraine earlier, so he was hungry and he was like, can I have ramen? I was like, yeah, you know how to make ramen, right? And he's like, yeah. And because he had made macaroni and cheese by himself and all these things. Mm -hmm. I'm like sitting there in my head. I'm like, ramen's noodles. He's going to, he knows how to do this. Well, anyways, we find out later because we have a video, we have a video camera in the kitchen, um, because we asked him how he cooked it, and he said he took hot water from the tap, and it cooked his noodles. And I'm like, you cannot get our tap water that hot. If you do, boil. show me how that works. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we watched, and he took a metal bowl, put everything in there, and put in the microwave. <laughs> I We have no clue how it did not explode Yeah. in the microwave. And we've told him before, like, I mean, you can't put metal in the microwave, mm-hmm. but... Luckily, our house is still there. He's a teenage boy. That's how they do. I know you want your ramen noodles quickly, but you've got to just go through that process. At least that was an accident. A lot of teenage boys light fires on purpose, like in their rooms, in a trash can. Ask me how I know. So at least it was (laughs) an accident. My God. (laughs) My God. No. Just wait. Okay. So back into the Grisha verse, we're going to do this last chapter, um, chapter 13, which is good. Um, it doesn't have as ex- like all the action that we just had. It's more informational. Exactly. And they travel a lot. But let's just get into it. Manalina, Harsha, Zoya, and Tolia go to search for the firebird while the others stay back to find a place to stay. Misha's upset because he has to go with the other group. Mal helps calm him down by explaining to him that, you know, he has responsibilities of watching over David and the others, you know, making him feel like a good little boy. Um, Mal also compliments his bravery during the Darkling attack, and, yeah, that was sweet. It was sweet to see Mal do that. Uh, Alina is impressed with how Mal did just handle Misha. She was like, hmm, he's going to make a good daddy someday. Exactly. I'm going to pop some of those kids out, and you can just... (laughs) Have them from there. <laughs> so they pick up their supplies in Divastolba and also get a map of the eastern mountains from a shoe woman. The woman also tells them that the mountains are sacred and also known as the Firefalls. She was an interesting lady. She was. It was a very interesting read. And they make it to the ruins, but Mal and Alina are a little thrown off that they aren't flooded with memories of their past or any signs pointing them in the right direction. So they keep traveling further into the mountains. They actually um, are attacked by some bandits, bandits, I guess. I don't know. You don't really know who attacks no. them. But some people some people are trying to attack them. It but- was like people were like kind of sneaking up on them yeah. and Mal heard them. Yeah, but you have no clue who they are. No. Mm-mm. But luckily, Harsha and Zoya's powers together help keep them safe. But then that kind of makes Tolia a little scared because he mentioned how the men might now come back to capture them since they know that there are Grisha there. And then Harsha decides to tell them his lovely story of his past, of how where he grew up, <laughs> Grisha blood was considered a medicine that could cure anything. Mm-hmm. And that his brother was murdered for his blood. So, so yeah. burnt the whole place down. So there are people now that, like, are just want to kill Grisha because, I mean, they think the blood in them helps cure you. But, yeah, and then Harshal just literally, like, burned his whole village down and walked away. Yeah. He just lit a fire and... That's revenge. Let it burn. Let it burn, baby. I like the one part where he, after he had been talking and um there was still like fire 
and they're saying oh, yeah. he's still playing with the flames, sending them shooting up in loops and snaking tendrils. I could I could yeah. see him just standing there talking, yeah. just playing with the flames with his hands. Yeah, I thought that was a fun little visual. It is. Harsha is actually kind of a really cool character to watch. He's a small role, but he's really neat. He's building. Oh, absolutely. Um, so they keep traveling, and Mal keeps tracking. They're just kind of following along. Um, they end up finding the firefalls along with a strange road that mysteriously has ash floating in the air. Um, also, down at the bottom of the falls is bones, a lot of bones, big mound of them. So when they start to go and make camp, it's sunset, and they see that the falls has turned a beautiful shade of gold. Mm. Mm. So that's so pretty. Yeah, so it's revealing to them why this is called the Fire Falls. And, you know, that actually um, that ends it for Chapter 13, coming to an end of our reading section. Um, and I enjoyed Zoya's. Everybody's, like, in awe over this thing. Yeah. And Zoya just goes, you can keep your damn scenery. She's. <laughs> I just want a warm bed, wine, and socks. See, I told you Zoya's amazing. <laughs> I don't know if she... But yeah, she. I love Zoya. Yeah, she was. She's not impressed. Oh, I I love her. She's a really great character that you're gonna see a lot more of um, through like so many different books and everything. Yeah, it just cracks me up that she is just not impressed. Oh no, not Zoya. She's she's a rich girl. Oh my god, she's so mean sometimes. (laughs) Like I love it. So, anyways, that's the end of our reading for this this section. So we're going to move right on into some... Grisha Cast Cast News! News. And we did it together! (laughs) We're trying to do that, y'all. That's our... We're trying to do more things together. (laughs) We're going to get it. Twin powers activate. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Besties, activate now. (laughs) We need matching... Bracelets, matching cuffs, matching. Oh, cuffs would be nice. Yeah. That'd be cute. So truthfully, there's really not a lot. Everything has kind of gone quiet since they finished filming. Yes, it has gone kind of quiet. There's a few pictures here and there. Right. But nothing really big. Um, The one thing that was big was Lee posted that she finished King of Scars 2. Yeah, I saw that. So that's good. But I mean, that means we're still really far away from it being published because that just means she finished writing it and yeah. she just turned it in. Yes, so. it could it could take a year or so. Ugh. Well, but still, we're getting there. Yes. That's amazing. We're in the right step. Woohoo! <laughs> By the time it comes out, hopefully we'll be there. That'd be kind of cool. That but, would be cool. I don't know. We'll see. So um, anyways, that's all I've got for Grishcast News because really there's nothing else in there that I could find. We do have one listener. Thank you, though. And she is from Instagram. And we'd like to do a shout out to Patricia underscore 13 underscore 13. So thank you for Patricia. She commented and she liked the picture of Lucy. Oh, it is a good picture. It is. She's and thank st- you for, for, for shouting out at us. And yeah. And- thank you so much for yes. listening. Thank you for Yay. following us and watching us and watching us on our socials. So, um, Continue to do what y'all are doing, going on to iTunes and rating us. Thank you so much. And, yeah, I think next week, it's a little big of it. I think we've got like 67 pages. I can't remember. It's somewhere around there. But we're going to be doing chapters 14, 15, and 16. So, and also, by the way, this is coming out on Saturday. And so it did. So, sorry again. But, you know, if you live... In the U.S. right now, <laughs> then you understand we have a lot of things going on. You know what's happening. Well, exactly. we we had we usually you know earlier in the week, and there was going to be some more storms, and we just yeah. didn't. <laughs> we yeah. weren't going to go through that. Yeah, exactly. They told us that we were supposed to have some really bad storms, possibly, and then and it didn't happen. Thankfully, thankfully, nothing happened. Yes, I I think we just got rain. Yes. So yeah, they just had rain in my house. But that's a good thing because we can't have any more of no. that kind of stuff. The pe- poor people here no like, more that devastation. already don't have homes right now can't handle that. Oh yeah, there's still like thousands of oh gosh, it's just it's it's just insane. There are the, everything is still um in shambles. There's too and, much stuff going on in our area right now. Still and then also de- dealing with all the uh, shutdowns and Ugh. I can't even imagine. It is not easy to live where we live right now. We'll just say that. Yeah. <laughs> but we will make it through because we have you all to 
hang out with and help us escape each week into the wonderful Grishaverse. So um, anyways, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. So I love you all. Okay, well, bye. Bye. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast.